Should you use a lower deposit amount to go and purchase property or should you go in, avoid LMI and pay a 20% deposit? In this video, I'm gonna go through my whiteboard, show you a couple of examples and exactly what the effects of a lower deposit versus a high deposit would be when it comes to Australian real estate. If you're interested, definitely keep watching. Hey guys, my name's Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now, if you are interested in following me and my journey behind the scenes, then definitely go and follow me on Instagram. I'll leave a link in the description below or you can go ahead and search Personal Finance with Ravi. So boy, are you guys in for a treat because I'm gonna go into my whiteboard in a second here and show you exactly what the difference would be when it comes to a cash on cash return as well as basic concepts like should you avoid LMI or just pay it? Let's jump in. Now, what we're looking at is the effect of of a lower deposit and which one is actually gonna work out better for us. Now, when we do go ahead and say pay a 10% deposit, we do incur something called lender's mortgage insurance. Now, when you are paying a 20% deposit, you avoid this. And this is effectively an extra payment that you need to make as part of insurance to go, well, look, I'm not putting a 20% deposit down, but here's my insurance that I'm paying for in case something goes wrong. So effectively, you have two ways you can pay this. You can pay it upfront. So let's say the LMI cost is say $7,000. You go, cool, no worries. I'll borrow 90%, so I'm only putting 10% down, and then I'll pay $7,000 or whatever the amount actually works out to be. Or the other option you have is to actually put it into the loan itself. And so you could think if it's $7,000, for example, you would say, well, $7,000 is my LMI amount. And let's say the loan amount is 400K, you then go, my new loan amount is $407,000. Now, the advantage of this is that you don't have to have the upfront cash. However, some people will go, I don't really wanna pay that upfront. And so I'll end up putting it into the loan and people will go on to argue and say, well, you're paying more interest over the 30 year period by putting it into the loan. The counter to that is get into the property first. You can always refinance. You can always go and extract equity. You can always pay down that debt earlier after the fact. But if you're being held back from entering the property market because you want to avoid LMI, I think as we go through this video, you're going to realize the importance of leverage and being in the market for longer periods of time. So let's figure out if it's actually worth the extra cost. So the example we're going to use here is for a $500,000 home. Now, if you use a 10% deposit, that would be $50,000. But if you use a $20,000 deposit, it would be $100,000. Now you also have some upfront costs when you were going and purchasing a property. So you might have things like stamp duty, you might have a buyer's agency fee, you might have other costs like conveyancing, some pest inspections, some building inspections. And in this case, it would work out to be about $35,000. So in order for you to purchase this property, you can go ahead and say 10% deposit being 50K plus my upfront cost, 35,000. So in total, it's $85,000 or on the 20% deposit, it's $100,000 plus 35, which is 135. If that all made sense with simple maths, definitely go smash that like button. Now to answer this question, we have another question and that is, can you actually borrow more? Now what I mean by this is that you might be in a position where your maximum borrowing capacity only allows you to buy one property. And in that case, if you do have a 20% deposit, probably makes sense to pay the 20% and avoid LMI and unnecessary cost, because it's not exactly like you can use the extra 10% and go ahead and purchase another property. So you could go ahead and just say, I'm going to use 20% or I'm going to use 10% and put the rest in an offset account in case you expect to be able to borrow in say the next six months or a short period of time. Alternatively, if you have the capacity to purchase up to two or three properties, then we could go ahead and discuss what that looks like by avoiding to pay 20% and instead paying 10%. So here are my fancy homes. At 20%, we would have a $500,000 home that we control. If we went in and said, I want to put a 10% deposit down, I can now control 
two of these homes at 500K each. So what I mean by that is the 100K can go into one property or 100K can be split into two $50,000 deposits and you would be able to go and purchase two properties. Now keep in mind, if you did go down this path of purchasing an extra property, you will have to pay an extra 35K to be able to go and pay for the upfront cost. Just something to keep in mind that it's not just about the deposit amount, it is upfront cost as well. So in 2023, you purchase a $500,000 home or you can go ahead and purchase a $1 million home. So if we go and take a conservative 5% growth rate, what would that be worth in five years and in 10 years time? Again, when it comes to real estate investing, five and 10 year timeframes are short term. When you're looking at longer term, it's 20 year plus. So in this case, in 2028, which is five years from now, your property should be worth 638, should be worth 638,000. In 2033, which is 10 years from now, it should be worth 814,000. But if you had the $1 million worth of real estate and you've got two properties, then it would be worth 1.27 million. And then in 10 years, it would be worth 1.62 million, effectively 2x what you would see on the left side. Now that's the value side. That's the value of these properties that you now control. So what about the debt? Well, let's go through the example. On a 500K home at an LVR of 80%, which is just your loan to the value ratio at 80% means your debt is $400,000. Now after 10 years, if you decided to go interest only and never pay your debt down, so you could go and refinance after five year periods of interest only to get another five years, your debt would still stay the same. However, your value now has gone up to $814,000. So your LVR position naturally over time decreases because the value of your property increases. And that means you now have $414,000 in equity. And that would mean roughly making about $40,000 worth of equity on just this one property every single year, which is absolutely nuts. So to better understand the idea of not having to pay down your debt, I'm going to use an example like a property in Sydney. So you go ahead and you purchase a property in Sydney, say 30 years ago, and it could be in the Western suburbs, it could be in the Eastern suburbs, but let's say you spent $200,000 for a home 30 years ago. Now, if you went ahead and bought it at 100% LVR, so you got 100% loan, then that debt would still be $200,000 today, but the value would be significantly higher. It'd be worth closer to about two to $3 million. And your debt relative to that would only be worth about 10%. And this is why if you understand the compounding nature of capital growth, as well as how inflation devalues your currency, you'll understand why debt is actually the real asset when going and building out wealth. I talk a lot about these sort of things with my clients when it comes to search property and building up their property portfolio. If you're interested in a buyer's agent that actually knows what they're doing, has gone out there and actually done it, then definitely go and contact me. There's a link in the description below. You book a free call and definitely go check out this video because it breaks down every single step of the process and what value we can bring to you, not just by sourcing the right property, but also building the right strategy with you along the way. Now that's the example with a 500K property at 80% LVR. But what happens when we go and purchase a $1 million property at an LVR of 90%? Now 90% because we're only putting a 10% deposit down. So in this case, it would be a 900K loan. And after 10 years, the debt would still be 900,000, but the value is now 1.62 million. The LVR position would be about 55% and the equity we would have made would be $720,000, which roughly means $70,000 every Every single year. That money is tax-free because it's actually equity. You're not actually going and accessing that money. It's just your property value is increasing over time. Now you can understand that 
that if you've only done this with say one or two properties, you're still doing really well. To be able to go and increase your net worth by 40 to $70,000 every single year moving forward is absolutely nuts. Now some years will be higher and some years will be lower. That's why it's averaged out to be about 5%, which is actually quite conservative. But this should make you realize how important it is to be in the right real estate and the right investments. Because if you can go ahead and do this, it means that you have a machine in the background that keeps growing. It means that you can start enjoying life, not having to save every single dollar. I'm not gonna have my coffee. I'm not gonna do this and do all that stuff. You have an abundance mindset. You go in and upgrade your lifestyle. And that in turn means you're happy as a person. And in turn, you have better relationships in your life and you're able to actually make more money. So if you go and do that, then you're able to grab that money, put it into the machine and have that machine keep growing, which means in 10, 20, 30 years time, when you want to have a choice of not working or potentially taking up a job that you know may not pay as much, you don't have the stress of going, oh my God, I can't because I haven't been saving money all this time. I can't take a lower paying job because my lifestyle costs too much. No, because you made the smart decisions early and that is the compounding nature of this growth. So let's have a look at this. If I want to figure out what my cash on cash return is, what would that look like? And what cash on cash return means is for every dollar I put in, what's my return? So if I go to the bank today and I say, well, look, I'm going to put a dollar in, what's my return? Well, they're probably offering about 5% as a term deposit savings rate. So my $1 generates me 5%, okay? So over time, it compounds and it would work out to be higher than 5%. But for me personally, it's not worth my time. Instead, if I used a 20% deposit and you calculate all the upfront costs being $135,000, after 10 years, it would have generated me 414,000 as equity. Then my cash on cash return would be 306%. That means for every dollar I'm putting in, I'm gonna make about $3. And that is very different to when you go in and say, I'm gonna put a dollar in and I see that growing in the share market and it might be 7%, but it compounds over time. You're getting nowhere near these sort of returns. The same thing can be said when you do it for say something like crypto. Obviously with that, you could have a compounding return depending on when you get in at what time of the cycle and what you invest in to be much higher than Australian real estate. But we need to understand with both crypto and Australian real estate is you're taking up more risk. So as you go and increase your risk, your returns hopefully should be able to give you that. And if your risk profile says, I don't want to do those things, then you're probably better off going into things like ETFs and whatnot to be able to reduce your risk and diversify. I'm definitely not a financial advisor. So I definitely urge you to go and do your own research and understand what product works best for you and why it works best for you. You're not in the same position as me, so it might not be the same things that we're looking at. Plus our goals might be different. Equally, you don't want to be listening to someone on TikTok that goes, oh, well, you can invest this much and like 40 years, it's going to be worth this much because they don't cover off one main topic that is actually not going to be worth that much in 30 years time. If you want a detailed video about this, I've already made one on the channel. So you can watch this straight after this. Check this one out. Now let's look at the 10% deposit. So we're still using the same $100,000. We've also got the 35,000 like the first example, but we also have an additional 35,000 we need to put into this deal because we're buying two properties. In this case, our total cash outlay is $170,000. And after 10 years, we will have generated $720,000. And that means a cash on cash return of about 423%. That means for every dollar, I'm making $4.23. And that is significantly higher than the first example being 306%. And this is only on a 10 year timeframe. I can promise you now that when you go and extrapolate this out to 20 years, 30 years and 40 years, these numbers are absolutely berserk. It pretty much reminds me of that ad we would have seen all for super, you know, same age, same super. 
and then they one goes up the escalator, one keeps walking down, and that's pretty much what I'm seeing here. I probably butchered that ad completely, but you get the idea. Now, although the counter to all of this is, well, I'm purchasing two properties, do I double my risk? And with interest rates so high, can I afford to pay for one mortgage? What happens if they're both negative cash flow? I need to pay for two mortgages. And these are the considerations you need to keep in mind because the reality is you need to do things in line with your risk profile. It might be that you can afford to buy two, but you might just buy one. And if you just buy one and you see the results and you're able to manage everything, then you might find confidence to be able to go on to your second, third, and fourth. Essentially, when people come to us, they're saying, look, we want to build out the portfolio over the next five, 10 years, but let's start with one. And that's what I always bring it down to is I can talk to you about big numbers and big goals, but until you go and take that first step, you're essentially not moving at all. So execution is very important. If you need the help, there's a link in the description below. Check out the website. If you enjoy this sort of content, I've got a playlist here with all these whiteboard videos, fancy drawings and ugly handwriting. Definitely go check out that playlist. But thank you so much for watching and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Thanks guys.